Welcome in to a Monday, make it a Tuesday now, edition of the Sports Tunnel on SEMO ESPN, 1220 AM, 93.5 FM, and online worldwide at SEMOESPN.com. You can join us in the huddle. Eric Sean and the Missouri Sports Hall of Famer Jess Bolin. Here's our huddle hotline number powered by EBOMD 573-334-1220. The huddle hotline brought to you by EBOMD. Marty Michelle going to join us tomorrow. We'll have a hump day Marty party. Jess Bolin in the house. Uh, I was out yesterday, so we haven't seen each other for a while. I think the last show we did was last Thursday. Uh, I was in Dallas over the weekend. How was your weekend? Refreshing. Not bad at all. Um, Wasn't real busy doing anything. Just worked on the house. Kind of, you know, kind of particular. I guess I'm a goofball of a man because I don't have any dirty dishes sitting in the sink and you think a man living by himself you know you see it in the movies all the time it's a bunch of stuff piled up on the kitchen i can't do that i can't do that see as a bachelor what you do is you eat over the sink and that way wash dishes it's not wash there's no r in there but everybody says wash it's wash dishes right after i eat i can't sit down and Tune in on anything until I know the house. Well, you got a nice dishwasher, don't you? I know, but you know what? I don't even use it. It is a brand new one. And now, the only time I use it is when Kim and Darren and Shell and, you know, family's around. Yeah. But uh, for me, how long would it take to get a load in there? Every time I eat one plate, one glass, one knife, and one fork. It's all right. <laughs> Throw it in there afterwards. A build up, huh? The time that... Don, Don Sean does not like it if I do a load in the dishwasher and it's not pretty full. Like, if it's half full, I don't mind washing it. I got news for Don Sean, okay? I don't mind washing it. A dishwasher should be used regularly because it will dry out. And the seal in the bottom of it, if you don't, you know, I'm talking about don't if you went a week or two. Yeah. But I'm sure you don't go that long. But I've run my dishwasher several times without anything in it just because I hadn't ran it for a while, you know. Last night. But anyway, I don't hand out this advice freely, so she's yeah. going to have to make some more ham and beans. Yeah. <clears throat> Boy, that was good. She will. You remember when she gave that to me? I remember. Because you don't like them? No. So at that time, I guess I was the man in her life. As, a woman likes to be complimented on her cooking. As, as far as you know, right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. last night, uh, Dawn, Sean, and I, uh, we turned the fireplace on downstairs. Ooh, yeah. Fireplace was rolling, and it had been a long time since she had seen The Godfather. So we r- ramped up The Godfather. Watch it last night. Well, you know... I- it's, I, it's I, just so good. I did earlier when it was cold. I remember I was sitting there and I'm thinking, cool night, warm fire, hot popcorn, double feature. I, I broke it up. You know, you always writing now about writing everything, you know, that act like I'm an amateur writer. So I had two words for everything. And, it, and I said, the Hoosiers. And no hair dryer. Because I watched the Hoosiers down in Texas one time, and the 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 TV had a short in it or some kind of problem with the television. And the person I was with, <laughs> it would work if it was cool. So she turned the hair dryer on cool and held the hair dryer while I finished up watching the Hoosiers. <laughs> so, Did, you, you, you threw out, I was watching the Hoosiers. Is that is that kind of like the Walmart? Yeah, yeah. Well, see, I was see you didn't listen. I went to the. Walmart. I was breaking everything down in two words. Yeah, I could have said Hoosiers basketball, or Hoosiers movie, but you know I, I wasn't really concerned about just as long as I got two words. There. I, I just got this text from Deshawn. She says uh, she actually just bought some <coughs> cornbread mix to make ham and beans because Jess asked for it. 
Wow. See, there, there you, you go. Think, let me ask you this. You don't think I have an influence on women or women don't like me? She's, she's your wife. She's nothing to me as far as just a she's friend. Nothing. A wow. friend. Well, I said wow. a friend. She's wow. a friend. I can hear her tossing that cornbread mix in the trash uh-huh. as we speak. I said she's nothing to me but a friend, not a lover. Where are we going on <laughs> well, this show? Well, you're the one to keep saying she's nothing to me. You, you pulled the emergency brake on this thing, man. <laughs> We're probably off the air now. Yeah. 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 But so, anyway, she's a special person and could even think of me when she make something like that that's a compliment just even though she just thought of this old bum but anyway she's, I digress. she's gonna make you an offer you can't refuse <laughs> i'm serious man slice I, my head off <laughs> godfather i don't know where... i think that's the most shocking scene i ever saw unexpected see that horse's head in bed with yeah. him. oh wow if that don't break break you across uh, the coals and wake you up his favorite horse. And, you know, one of the theories is that Johnny Fontaine in that movie represents Frank Sinatra. And so when Vito Corleone is trying to get him the part in the movie, uh, because, you know, I was I was listening to a show la- or during Super Bowl week, and they brought a guy on who is like he has written multiple books about Sinatra. And said, you know, in the the early 60s, you know, his career, his old blue eyes, you know, through the roof, he was the most popular guy going. And then, uh, or in the 50s, and then once it hit the 60s, uh, that crooner sound kind of went away. And he was a guy that had a reputation and very difficult to work with. And so his career was plummeting. Uh, before he got that role in From Here to Eternity. And he won the Academy Award, turned his career around. Then, uh, you know, he basically was the first entertainer that put Vegas on the map. But anyway, I digress. Johnny Fontaine in Godfather is supposedly Frank Sinatra. Anyway, great movie. And what's interesting is you can go back and look at really good movies, and oftentimes the sequel stinks yeah why i mean it, Cad, yeah. caddyshack is an all-time comedy <clears throat> classic caddyshack 2 should have been put in the dumpster and lit on fire immediately but there are some some sequels that are very good like this okay when uh when i was in high school the big movie was top gun okay went to see it at the movie theater when i was a teenager top gun has Stood the test of time. Great movie. And when Top Gun 2 came out, Maverick, Top Gun, um, I was hearing some reviews, and some people were saying it was better than the first one. And I was like, oh, are you, please, you have got to be kidding me. I, I don't even want to hear it. It's not going to be better than the original Top Gun. And I'll be darned, I watched the movie, and it's better than the original. Well, you know, they made a lot. It's rare. A lot of times, second was fine. I thought Jaws 2 was okay. Yeah, it was okay. Yeah, it wasn't as good as 1. Jaws was, 3 was a dumpster fire. Well, they, by the time they got to Jaws 8, you kind of got, you know, when the stupidity rolled in on the movie, like in, I think Jaws 3, the woman says, it's inevitable. I'm going to die from the shark. Well, it's not inevitable if you don't go in the water. Well, you, you never watched Don't Sa- go in the ocean. You've never seen Saturday Night Live Land Shark, <clears throat> man. Candy, yeah. Candy Graham. Knock on the door. Candy Graham. Um, but Roy Scheider was, was in the first two. Now, no one else, uh, you know, his wife, Ellen Brody, was in number two, but um, Dreyfus was not in it. You know, Robert Shaw had passed away, so you know, well, he died in the first one. So. I love that story he told that night. It's the truth. It's the USS Indian, I know, but Indianapolis. The, the, the way he squeezed that cup and then... That rival squeeze is too, but it was styrofoam. Yeah, he had a styrofoam cup. Uh, and, but my other point was Godfather 2 is a marvelous sequel. I mean, it is, I'm not going to say it's as good as The Godfather, but it is almost as good as The Godfather. And Godfather 3, um, 
I don't know if it won Best Picture or got nominated for Best Picture, but it was okay. I mean, it, it wasn't a, you know, a train wreck. But the first two Godfathers. Did you see sequel. Oppenheimer? It is now available, I believe, on Peacock. Yeah. And it's free because uh, they've been promoting it for That's a while. That's not my question. But I, I have, said, did I you have see not it? watched it yet. I haven't it, either. It's on I, my agenda. I intend to see it. But it's I on haven't. my agenda. So I will see Oppenheimer. All right, uh, SEMO Baseball. Jess, we were supposed to be broadcasting today. Because of Murray. Yeah, uh, Murray. Murray got rained out, didn't it, and extended. Here's what happened at Murray State. They scheduled opening weekend to be played at home. They've got grass. They don't even have turf. And it was so, they got s- snow and sleet. and So they got weathered out Friday. They got weathered out Saturday. So and they're hosting Purdue Fort Wayne. So they moved everything back. They played a doubleheader Sunday, and then they finished up the series yesterday. And they were going to have to play four games in three days. And they contacted Simo and said, "Would you mind bumping it back to Wednesday?" And you know, yeah, there's nothing to that. Simo said, hey, "No, no problem. Because we can do that if you, you know, middle of the week. It's usually pretty available to move it one way or the other. If you got a game Tuesday, you can make it Wednesday." Most most time you wouldn't go from Tuesday to Monday, but it's a, if you were playing Wednesday, you could go Thursday. But then that's going to be Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. So Wednesday is the perfect time if you had to move one to move it to Wednesday, and then you got two days before you play again. And the weather is going to be even better tomorrow. We're supposed to hit sixty-seven tomorrow. <clears throat> yeah, it's beautiful. That's going to be awesome. Yeah. So Murray State uh, comes in. I don't know how good they are. They put up. I don't know double-digit runs in two of the three games against Purdue-Fort Wayne. But the Mastodons last year went 13-43, and 43, so they're awful. Um, but Murray had a good year in the Missouri Valley. They went 14-13 and 13 in the Valley. They won 31 baseball games last year, and they beat SEMO. SEMO wasn't able to beat them. So uh, they're thinking payback, well, I'm sure, the Red Hawks. Well, 30 makes it a good season. And I know 30, you could be four games over five hundred. Right. By winning 30. But it seems like when you hit 30, it's been a good season. Not a great one, maybe, but it's been a good season. And if you got hit 30 and you got 10 games left, it's going to be a pretty good season. 35 wins, for instance, would be good. It'd be 35 and, and um, 21, wouldn't it? The 2016 team, uh, final year of Steve Beezer, they won 39 games when they had Joey Lucchese and they... You know, yeah, it's a lot of lot of victories. They lost in the NCAA regional at Mississippi State. That that they won thirty nine <clears throat> that year. I think that's, a, that's I remember the the, mo- the most we won. I think, well, I know was forty seven games in one summer. We played sixty. I mean, there's not very many summer teams that you know of that play sixty games. Do you know of any whatsoever? It's just hard to get that many games in in the summer, but. We did somehow. I don't know why we played that many, but we played 60, won 47, and lost 13. So both of those were the high mark of my 50-year coaching, the most wins and the most losses, both in that same game, 47 wins and 13 losses. So I never had more than 13 losses, never had more than 47 wins. It's hard to get more than 47 wins. I mean, that's – I remember that – team I had that year it was yeah I wouldn't call it a great team but it was so consistent I mean every time we'd go out there we'd play a game maybe no errors maybe one error in three games that kind of thing you know uh, not a lot of power I mean, well we had Steve Williams and stuff like that so we did have a lot of power uh, with cut maybe two guys but um yeah, it's uh, college plays. It seems like it, I'm thinking it's 56 games they're allowed to play. 55. Yeah, I knew it's somewhere. In and there. that's that's how many Seamos got on its schedule. So, you know, if you win 30, you know, you're not going to be, but five games over 500. But still, that's that's a good year because victories are hard to come by i mean in this day and time it was back in that day you know because some of the teams we played i mean we didn't play you know sykeston perryville people like that we 
went to Nashville, Tennessee, Memphis, Tennessee, Red Hook, Iowa, Clarinda, Iowa, Wichita, Kansas, all these regular season games, Hutchison, Kansas, you know, uh, so we went some distances to play really good teams. Now, St. Louis had two teams that were as good as anybody in, probably in the United States. And they were one of them called the Partners, one of them called O.B. Clark. You can ask Marty. They were outstanding teams. I mean, man, they were good. But to get good competition, we felt like we had to go, you know, to big cities. I remember when we went to Nashville, they had the national champions of the American Baseball Conference. See, the NBC National Baseball Conference is in Wichita. This one was sponsored by Kellogg. So it was in Kellogg, Michigan, I think. Um, well, you know, I think it's where it was at. If there is a town like that, Kellogg, Michigan. But they had won 45 straight games when we, we went down there. And they beat the USA Olympic team that Chris Carpenter was on. And in that 45-game streak. So there we go down there. They pound us the first two games of the three-game series. But I had a picture from Dexter. That third game shut them out on, I think, one or two hits and broke their 47-game winning streak because they got two against us up at the 47. That's a pretty good winning streak. I know you know you were broadcasting the Caps when we reached 45 straight home wins, wasn't you? Yes. And uh, I didn't know that. I think maybe Marty brought that up. I don't remember who brought that up. But anyway, baseball is here. College season's rolling good. Cardinals be opening up spring training games, I guess, this, this weekend, won't they? That's the correct. 29th. So you got uh, basketball going to wind up here. March Madness is coming up. So it's going to be an exciting time for sports. If people like a multiple sports than just one, you know, because I love basketball, love football, love baseball, love hockey. So I'm in good shape as far as television comes in. Blues are playing better. They've won nine of their last 12. So they're at least playoff eligible, close. You know, they're not in by much. If they're in, maybe two points. They are. And uh, so. They're two points ahead of the next team. If they make the playoffs, March Madness coming up, Cardinals starting, SEMO starting. I mean, don't you think high school basketball is winding up? I got to go to high school games tonight. So everything's good for a person like me and you, although you don't like hockey. And I doubt if you like high school sports. but I don't like any sports. No. So SEMO goes down to Dallas Baptist, nationally rated program, won 47 games last year. Uh, how good is Dallas Baptist? Well, I'll give you a couple of indications. First of all, they've got a ton of guys back from their team last year that won 47 games. They went 25-5 and five in Conference USA to win that championship, their first year in Conference USA after leaving the Missouri Valley. So they went to a regional again. That is nine consecutive years in a regional for Dallas Baptist. In other words... The active streaks of schools that have made nine straight regionals. Here's the list. LSU, defending national champs. Florida, number two ranked team in the country. Vanderbilt, always in the hunt and just recently won a national championship. Oklahoma, Dallas Baptist. That's the list of teams that have been to nine straight NCAA regionals. Well, they're, they, uh, I watched the games. They, they look very good. They're a very sound ball club. And um, maybe only question mark would be pitching. Um, they got, but they got a couple of freshmen that looked pretty good, didn't they? And um, I'd, I'd love to know how far that home run that Simo hit over the scoreboard. Yeah, Bryce Cannon. Cannon. That scoreboard, by the way, is forty-three feet by thirty. <clears throat> it is huge 
and uh, their their radio guy. It had to be said, 450. Well, they've got TrackMan there, so they have the numbers. What did it say? 390 I or didn't, something? I didn't see You it. know, the way you got to figure that is, at least without a calculated it went well over hand, well over 400 feet. If it's 370 to the fence, okay, and then the scoreboard is how high? 30 feet? Well, it's 43 by 30, but it's not sitting on the ground. Yeah, it, it's sitting at least the top of the fence. So it's got to be 40, <coughs> probably 42, 45 feet. So if feet. it clears that, how much did it clear by Plenty. Three feet, five feet, no, ten I feet. No, saw, I saw the replay so from where the that center ball field hits, camera, and it, it cleared the it If it goes plenty. over 370, Mark, and it's at least 40 feet high when it goes over the fence, wouldn't it have to be to get behind, over the scoreboard? The scoreboard's not going to sit right against the fence. It probably sits eight or ten feet behind the fence. That ball probably went 440. We were down you know, there two it, years ago. Lincoln Andrews hit one over the scoreboard. Yeah, I remember. So... Simo and Dallas Bass. That was a and, clutch home where the Palmer hit, too, yeah. though, in the eighth inning. No, ninth inning. Uh, yeah, ninth inning, tied the game. Yep. With two strikes. So. That was unexpected, I'm sure, wasn't it? They don't need bat ninth? Yes. I'm sure you were un- he not had, expected. He that. had one home run last year. <laughs> but that's a great, uh, great surprise. And the home run that he hit was not a home run, it was foul, but they ruled it fair. Yeah. Even he said, yeah, yeah, that ball was foul. So opening day, SEMO has a 5-2 to two lead, and Dallas Baptist comes back to tie it. So they go into the 8th, 5-5, five, five, and this offense, how good is this offense? They were 8th in the nation in home runs last year, 119. Oh, they were 7th in stolen bases, 134. So they were top 10 in the country in homers, and stolen bases. They were 30th, 978 fielding percentage. They're just an awesome team. That's six pitchers drafted off of their team last year <coughs> and two position players. They had eight guys drafted off that team, yet they return all of their big bats. Well, I thought in the third game three, I thought the shot in the right center field gap with the man on first base. That was going to win, possibly win the game for Simo because that was going to put him a run up. And they handled the ball. You got to give them credit. Once in a while, you got to say, well, you know what? It's not a mistake to send him. And it's not, a, you know, they just made the plays. The, the guy in right field came off the fence with a perfect throw to the relay man. And it looked like, on TV, it's sometimes hard to tell, but it looks like the relay man threw it all the way on the fly. He did. To play. It was right Miguel the, Santos, their second right baseman. Right on the money. And he was out, clearly out. No question about it. That's how. That's what you can do with great defensive plays. And that, that relay and everything could, well, couldn't have been better if the Cardinals did it. No. In the big leagues. It, it, it took was, a perfect throw. If that ball, did. if that ball, how many times you see a throw home go three or four feet yeah. up the third baseline or, or up the first the baseline. reach up and swing back. You know? And he would have been safe. He caught this ball right on the plate. It looked like in, the, in his crouching position. Bam, right there, three feet off the ground. You can't make a play better than no, that. No, you can't. It was it was a play all season long. I'll put it this way. All season long, they will not make that play, maybe. I, I, they may never make that play the rest of the season but, because it's that difficult. To have three guys handle the ball, and you know a guy that's running that can can run and make, do it all flawlessly, it's it's hard to do. You you just won't see it very often. You might see it once a year, and that the was Red Hawks that was they, the, they saw it in that game. It was in the ninth inning with the score tied five five. That would have given Simo a lead in the ninth. Yeah. Uh, so it's five five opening day. Dallas Baptist, big offense, got four in the eighth, and they won it. SEMO in game two. Eighth inning was a tough inning. Game two, they were up six to four, the Red Hawks in the eighth. And once again, Dallas Baptist got four more runs. Then SEMO in the eighth inning is down two and got a home run in the eighth inning, that cannon shot by Bryce Cannon. Over the scoreboard, and then in the ninth, got a home run from Ben Palmer. Both of them off of Andy Pettit's son, Luke Pettit, <laughs> who was making his 
Division One debut. Welcome to college baseball. <laughs> he, he was hit, hit ninety four. The starting well, he's, the, probably, he's going to be a, probably developing a really great pitcher. The starting pitcher Sunday against Simo is a guy that was drafted. Okay, he was drafted by the Washington Nationals, but he would have gone as high as the second round. He turned down $1.7 million. Well, I couldn't have done that. Because he put his number, I don't know who his people are. His people are probably his parents. Um, But he put his number at $2.5 million, and he would sign. The offer only got up to $1.7. Take the money. So he said, I'm going to Dallas Baptist. That guy, six times in the first inning, hit 98, and he threw one pitch 100 miles an hour. I know. That's all great, but. With that kind of money, you you can finish your education and get a head start in professional baseball. I'm just saying. That, I believe in education. You know that. Those were the, those were the kind of arms that Simo faced. But when you took that money, one point seven million. Absolutely. You know, you can get in all, the winter time. You can finish your schooling. All he's got to do is snap his UCL. Exactly. One and, one. And who pitch. knows if he's going to come back? And one gonna, pitch, and you just shot one point seven million. Yep. That's how easy it can happen. So um, they lost in eleven innings on Sunday, six to five. So uh, you know, I I understand about you know nobody's in it for moral victories, but what I'm saying is that was an encouraging weekend, even though they lost all three games. Jess, in the eighth inning, they were either tied or had the lead in the first two games, and then. It took 11 innings for Dallas Baptist to beat him. So to go down there and be that competitive against a team like that, it's encouraging because the guys who got the big hits for the Red Hawks, other than Ben Palmer getting that uh, home run in the ninth, they're new guys. Michael Mugen, Bryce Cannon, Brooks Kettering, uh, new guys, new faces for the Red Hawks. So it was, it was fun. Yeah, and uh, you know, talking about that one point seven million, and he wanted two point what? Two point five. Okay, so that's eight hundred thousand dollars, right? That's correct. difference. So he's he's betting one point seven million to make eight hundred thousand. Is that right? He's betting that because he had the one point seven million in his pocket. But to get to two point five, he's betting that eight hundred thousand. I'm betting that one point seven million to get to that point of two point five million, which he'll probably get if he doesn't get injured. He'll probably get to two point five. I mean, can you imagine the first inning of your first college game, <clears throat> and you throw a pitch one hundred miles an hour? No, I cannot. And he had six pitches at ninety eight. <laughs> he had some gas. All right, um, the Cardinals' first game is going to be Saturday against the Marlins. They share Roger Dean Stadium, as Cardinal fans know, with the Marlins. So as we get ready to see the St. Louis Cardinals, uh, MLB.com, they've got tons of articles, obviously. Um, But MLB.com put together a story for one key number to watch for every team in Major League Baseball. One key number. One, you mean number on a player? Just one key no- yeah, for a player. Uh, here's the write-up on the Cardinals. In this particular article, there are a lot of different uh, write-ups on the Cardinals. Cardinals have been led by their veterans for a long time, and they have that leadership in superstar duo Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado, But after last year's jarring last-place finish, St. Louis will need its young guns to rise up. Keep your eyes on three players in particular. Jordan Walker's one of them. 23-year-old Nolan Gorman, 27 home runs. 21-year-old Jordan Walker, 16 jacks, OPS plus of 114, and 21-year-old Mason Wynn, the Cardinals' number one prospect. Completely agree. Those three have to do... They don't have to have a season of 30 home runs or 35 homers, but they they got to contribute to a lot of wins that maybe Goldsmith and Arnado doesn't do anything. You know what I'm saying? you got to be impressive to the point of you're going to win some games. 
you're going to get the hit that wins the games. And uh, Walker and Gorman, I don't have any doubts, will be having a good year. Walker, you don't, the ceiling's not even known for Walker. Gorman, it's not known for his power. He may hit 40 homers this next year. Mason wins the biggest question mark between those three. Do you agree with that? As far as the bat goes, yes. Yeah. Well, I don't know. His feeling. I'm not so sure about his feeling. Now, I'm not comparing him to Walker. Walker's the worst of the three. And then Gorman's the second worst. Wynn's a terrific and fielder. I, Wynn I, I don't doubt his is defense. the best fielder. Best fielder, period, of the three. But he's the poorest hitter of the three. So, But Wynn doesn't have to hit 290, 300. If he hits 260 and gets good ba- on-base percentage, he can play in the big leagues. Nobody hits 300 anymore. Cardinals didn't have anybody no. hit 300 and, last and year. And guys like Lars Newtbar, we're not even talking about, you know, um, Tommy Edmond, not even talking about those guys. They could contribute, too. I think Newt Barr is a much better hitter than Edmond. But uh, Edmund and, a, and can, a much better on base. <coughs> on base yeah, Edmond can fly. He can steal you some bases. And he, he can, he's a good fly chaser. I don't know about his arm. I don't know how accurate he is if he has to make a throw to third. So I I say it's fair to say the only drama for the Cardinals in spring training is probably the final three bullpen spots. We think we know uh, who the five guys who are going to be in the bullpen. I don't think there's any question. Five? There's going to be eight, but there are five who are locks, and then there are five guys fighting for the final three spots in the bullpen. Right now, you've got Helsley, Giovanni Gallegos, Keenan Middleton, because, you know, they just got him. Andrew Kittredge just got him. He's going to be there. JoJo Romero. And then, after that, you've got guys like John King, Ryan Fernandez, Nick Robertson. Uh, you've got Matthew Liebertor, Andre Palante, Gordon Graceffo's got, a, got an invite. Uh, it looks like... Zach Thompson is not going to be vying for one of those spots. Most reports say they're going to start him at Memphis as a starter and then when they need someone. And now Derek Gould put out a story last week that the Cardinals are likely going to start the season with a six-man rotation because I think the first two weeks, Jess, normally you got days off. They got one day off the first two weeks. That's unusual. Yes, it is. Uh, so how, how many years have I've been talking about a six-man rotation? I've never heard you mention it. <laughs> well, that's why I'm quitting the show. <laughs> Can't get any credit. No respect. Just like Dangerfield. Would you agree, though, that those are the five and yeah, then there are and three out those, guys? Out of those people you mentioned, the three best to me is Helsley, of course, Romero, and who's the other one you mentioned? I got Gallegos, Middleton, Kittredge. Okay, I'll take I'll take Helsley's number one. Kittredge was an all star. I take Romero. Might surprise, but I'll take Romero number two, and then I'll take Gallegos number three, and then. But I don't know. I'm not high on Gallegos with Kittredge or um, King. I like King. He might be a guy that fits in there. Um, and I just I've, I've got to get a look at Keenan Middleton. Yeah, I mean, I mean they may be. Yeah, I just don't know anything about them. You know, they won the American League. Yeah. Yeah, I don't follow the American League very close. And so I don't really know. They may be outstanding pickups. I'll be interested to see how legitimately Gordon Graceffo is given an opportunity maybe to grab one of those spots. And he may not be good enough. I mean, but he's just a a guy that we've heard about in the Cardinal minor league system, you know, for quite a while. A guy in my bullpen, the first thing I look for is it's not power. You know, most guys in the bullpen come in and throw 95 and up. thing I look for in the bullpen is guys got command of the strike zone. Because lot, most of the time when they come in, 
there's runners on base. You can't afford to walk somebody. You and you, you know, you got to make good pitches. Don't give me a guy that the only way he can get a strike is come down the middle. You know, he's that wild. I want guys that can throw strikes, can throw them where they pretty well want to, and then I'll worry about the power, velocity, and uh, so. Guys in the bullpen, I just I just don't want them coming in and walking people. It's simple as that. You got to throw strikes, and the Cards got a few guys in that line up there that I'm a little scared of on base on balls, and Libertor's one of them, and I don't know about the other two, but Pilante's one of them, and Gallegos. Seems like Gallegos every time he comes in, he walks one, and gives up a homer. I would say one of the most disappointing players for the Cardinals last year was Andre Pallante because two years ago he was solid. When when Pallante was coming into the game, he thought probably going to get a ground ball. Yeah, he was good last year. He was terrible. Did you have any confidence when Pallante came? Once we <clears throat> got once it. we got past the All Star break and he would come into games, did you have any confidence? No, in him? no, I didn't. Of course, hey, you finished last place. You don't have much confidence in any of them. Yeah. You know, they were terrible. But I did say this, and this is on record. You can roll back the tape, which we never do, but you can actually go to podcast if you knew which show you made a statement. Roll, roll back the pod. Uh, cars finished first two years ago, last, last year, and they're going to finish first again this year. From first to last to first. And I'd like to know if that's ever been done. In all the years, the baseball's bound to have been done somewhere, don't you think? You would think. Yeah. No ambiguity whatsoever. Ooh, throwing out a nice one. None about the Cardinals' starting pitchers. Sonny Gray, Miles Michaelis, Kyle Gibson, Lance Lynn, Steven Matz. The, that, that's, yeah. that is rock solid. That's the best they got. Yeah. Yeah. And any one of those guys. Zach Thompson down to Memphis. Any one of those guys could be number two after Gray. Any one of those guys could. I could see Steven Mash pitching well and being number two pitcher. I could see Lynn coming back. He's lost a lot of weight. He's, he's dedicated. Remember the last time, though, he lost a bunch of weight when he was with the Cardinals? He, he lost velocity, too. He, yeah, he wasn't as yeah. good. Yeah. It's like, we got to pack it back on, well, big, you could big see man. Kyle Gibson, though, being number two. Sure. You know, so the, what the Cards got is a bunch of threes and fours and fives, the way I look at it. They don't have a real legitimate number two. Now, two years ago, Miles Michaelis was an all-star. Yes. And if you go look at his numbers, we've talked about it. He has good year, bad year, good year, bad year. And a couple years ago, match won 14 games before the Cardinals got him. So you got guys that's capable. If, you know. I don't know how much pressure Sonny Gray is going to feel, but when guys get big contracts. Sometimes they feel some pressure, and and he probably will. But three years, seventy five million dollars for that Sonny Gray. He's been contract. the best pitcher, although on some of the teams he's played on. Oh, you know, I think when when he was Cincinnati. When, when you're top three in the Cy Young voting, man, I mean, yeah, he's a, he's a, he's to me he's a legitimate number two. Because I I rate other, a lot of other guys ahead of him, but for the Cardinals. They don't have a legitimate number one, I don't think. But he is the number one pitcher for the Cards. And there is... Probably get rocked his first game out in L.A., I'll tell you that now. With Andrew Kisner gone, Yvonne Herrera <coughs> will be the number two catcher to Wilson Contreras. Contreras may have a pretty good year. He had a pretty good I year. Agree. He had a pretty good year last year. Yeah, the tail end... You know, he really struggled the first half of the yes, year, but more the did. tail end, he was a good hitter. Yep. So he, I look for him to have a really good year, too. And Still in his prime. If the Cardinals get a good year out of Contreras, Goldsmith, and Arnado, well, then you don't have to get as much out of Jordan Walker, Gorman, Mason Wynn, people like that. I think Lars Newtbar will surprise some people this year. I think he's had enough playing time now, enough at bats. You're going to see Lars Newtbar maybe crack over 20 home runs, and be a 275 hitter. And that's, do you know that's last, a good that's a good outfield. Do you know last year who had the <laughs> best OPS 
on the Cardinals, on base plus slugging. Newbar. Wilson Contreras. Yeah. 826 OPS last year. I tell you, Number was, one. He was really good second half. I mean, Gold, Goldschmidt a, was 810. He had such a bad first half that it kind of, you know, overshadowed the Cardinals. When he was doing all this damage, the Cardinals were out of the race. You know, they were terrible. So. so if you're Contreras, 27 doubles and 20 home runs. That is good production out of a catcher. Yes, it is. And so, I'm interested to see Herrera. He has steadily gotten he, better. Yeah, he may surprise you because he's got potential. And uh, didn't he have a really good winter league? Yes, he did. Um, so I'm not I'm not disappointed with Kinzer leaving, but I did think Kinzer really improved. He he became a tough out, and became a pretty good. Pretty good catcher. Yeah, I, I think he he did uh, he did a pretty good job for the guards. Mike Rennick chiming in. Jess. Yeah, he says if Nolan Gorman is healthy, he predicts thirty five home runs. Uh, yeah, I'll go along with that. Uh, in fact, I, I, I thought I'm he mild, had thirty this last year, but he had twenty seven. You said I'm mildly, <clears throat> mildly now concerned about how many games he missed with that sore back. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I mean, what 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 is it? Is, is it Baseball, is it going to be something that's going to nag him? You know, throughout yeah, his any career, any sports tough on the back. Any sport, I'm tennis, golf, any sport, but baseball is especially tough on the back because every time you swing, you're twisting your whole body, and look at all the plays you have to make and the position you have to make them. You're squatted down, or you're jumping for a ball. Your back, of course, like I said, that affects any sport. Everyday life and everything else, a bad bag. But um, if Gorman stays healthy, uh, he could hit 35. And I don't. He's got awesome power. Also, I don't think we'll see. You can never predict with Ali Marmol. But I don't think it will be cut and dry like it was early last season. That if a lefty's on the mound, he's immediate, he's automatically out of the lineup. Yeah, me neither. I think he's going to be I think he's gotten to the point now where they're going to not yank him out of the lineup if a lefty's sure. pitching. Unless he's really struggling against lefties. Yeah, but you got to give him a chance. You know, some guy we haven't even talked about and I think is an integral part of the Cardinals is Donovan. He really is a key player on that team. I think, you know, he could be a Ben Zobrist for the Cards. Maybe not start but play almost regular. He could be that kind of guy. Because he can go to the outfield, he plays second base, he can play short, he can play third. So, you can, you know, he's going to be in the lineup a lot. And there's an on-base guy I like, don't you? He works the count, buddy, and tries to get on base. Good bunner. I think I think Donovan's uh, underrated. They really missed him last year. So last year, Nolan Gorman had 86 plate appearances against lefties. He hit better against lefties than he did against righties, Jess. He had 260 against lefties, 231 against righties. And I know the sample size is much smaller left-handed, but... He had a 480 slug against lefties, 478 slug against righties. So well, his slug is right there, almost yeah. identical against lefties I and righties. Against lefties, he probably. So I want to see him yanked out of the lineup if there's a left handed bat. I think this Pitching. year you will probably see his average and maybe his um, homer, his par go down a little bit against lefties because I think he's so conscious of. Not striking out, putting the ball in play against left-handers. And I think it's a good thing. I, there's nothing wrong with him going to the left field, going the other way with pitches, which I've seen him do against left-handed pitching. But, boy, you come inside on him. I don't care if you're right-handed or left-handed or how you throw. He's got that power. If he pulls the ball, I actually think he's got more power in the Cardinals than anybody. Who would you say has got more? Goldschmidt, maybe? No, I don't know 
I'm talking about consistently hit off the bat, the velocity off the bat and the par. You know, they, they uh, say. I think, I think Jordan Walker's got the potential to, to have. Potential. A ton I'm talking of about power. now and what, the, what he's done up to this point. He's got terrific They say power. That, that Gorman is the only guy on that team that the other players turn to watch when he hit bat in practice. So that tells you quite a bit. So there is no question who the infielders are going to be, but I say that with a caveat. Arenado, Goldschmidt, Donovan, Gorman, Mason, Mason Wynn, but the final of the six infielders, as of now, on paper, is Matt Carpenter. How about caveat emptor? You know what that means? Caveat emptor. Buyer beware. There you go. Boy, you're impressing me this morning. Throwing out these big words. What was that first one you threw out there? I don't remember. No, I don't either. I have no short-term memory. So, Matt Carpenter, at least right now, of of, and they're going to have six infielders, and obviously Tommy Edden can be a swing guy. He can come in to play infield. But Carpenter would be number six on the list. Uh, but if he is just a disaster in spring training, maybe it opens the door for somebody else. Yeah, he won't make it. I don't think it's a cut and dry that he will make it. If I had to guess, I'd say he will. because They get 26 now on the roster. Carp so. is a guy that, you know, he's so streaky. If you get him in a hot spot where he's really swinging well, I can see Carter's playing him for a week. You know, because in a week he could do some damage if he's hot. Yeah. Gosh, you remember what he did against the Cubs in that little series in Chicago? Unfortunately, that he, was eight years he's ago 10 now. years older now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he signed, and, and it's such a low risk deal. The league minimum in Major League Baseball. He just want to play with the Cardinals. Is seven hundred forty thousand dollars? That's what he's making. He want to play the Cardinals. He's Jake year. Taylor in Major Leagues. I make the league minimum. Yeah, yeah. So well, you know, Barr, the pitcher, he said he'd play for the league minimum. Yeah, nobody is touching him mm-hmm. right now. He'd look good in a Cardinal uniform, man. That he, dude can, he can still he can pitch. get He's got a Cy Young. What's, what's he been out of baseball two years now? Yeah, it's been a couple. Yeah. He's been pitching over either it was Korea or Japan, one or the other. Yeah. I, it's kind of hard. You know, I I don't blame anybody for not signing him because with the smoke, there's probably fire, and he's probably guilty of something in domestic abuse, although he never was found guilty, was he? No, and they and they they got a hold of the the girl's phone and the text messages that she was she was a schemer. Yeah. So, so but if that's also the case, he's always had the reputation. Yeah. Of not being a good team. I remember one time they went to the mound to take him out and he turned around and threw the ball over the center field yeah. fence. Now, hey, yeah, stop and think of that a minute. That's a pretty good throw from the mound. It's sixty. He's not even groundbreaking with it's that. It's sixty feet from home plate. So if you from home plate over the Centerville Vince in most ballparks, it's four hundred feet. Don't it's a agree? copycat move. Rob Dibble already did it. I know, but Rob Barr Dibble did it too. he threw it and hit a school teacher. But listen to me. You remember that? Don't you think that's a pretty impressive throw? It's four hundred to center field, and the mound to home plate's only sixty feet. So he had to throw the ball 340 feet, probably, 350, to get it over the fence. That's a long throw. Believe me. He can throw, ni- he outfield, can throw 97. He's got not good enough on In the outfield, I remember when I when I tried out a long time ago for the Pittsburgh Pirates, the Chet Montgomery was the scout at the time, and they had put the outfielders out in the outfield and said, if you can't throw the ball 300 feet on a line – not high, on a line, don't even go out there. 300 feet's a long ways to throw a ball like uh, 20 feet off the ground, 30. I didn't know if I could throw one that far or not. I knew I had a pretty good arm, but um, but I did. But if he's standing on the mound throwing it over the fence, he's throwing the ball 350 feet. Now, see if I, I have to search YouTube to see if the uh... – you could probably see that 
clip on YouTube yeah. of Trevor Bauer, and I'm sure you can find the Rob Dibble when he threw it in the stands. Well, Dibble, Dibble had. Hey, you can find the. You can. I guarantee you can find the video of Rob Dibble and Lou Pinella fighting in the Reds <laughs> locker room. Dibble had a cannon for an arm. Oh, he was a hundred. Yeah, cannon for a brain. Too. But the thing is. You never knew where it was going, man. So he was one of those guys that don't dig in, man. And he wanted, I mean, that yeah, he wanted people to think he was nuts and couldn't control there was it. There's a guy that used to pitch for the fact. Yankees years ago. You've probably heard the name, but you never saw him pitch. Ryan Duran, reliever. Yep. He didn't care where it went either. He He's wild and fast and furious. And I do have a disappointing story for you. When we come back from this timeout. So hang on. I think you I'm might, not getting the bees. I think you might be disappointed. I know Dawn Sean will be disappointed. Okay, I'm All not right. getting the bees from Dawn Sean. I guess that's it. Sports Shuttle coming right back. SEMO ESPN. It's a Sports Shuttle. SEMO ESPN 1220 AM 93.5 FM and online at SEMO ESPN. Dot com. Don't forget, Marty Michau drops by tomorrow. We'll talk to the Love Shack. A Wednesday Marty party. Just the disappointing news. Uh, it'll probably disappoint Don Sean more than it will Jess Boland. But SEMO pitcher Hayden Dow, okay, all-conference left-hander for the Red Hawks, pitched uh, Sunday. Known at... Simo, not only for being the Canadian cowboy, he wears all Cowboys gear, you know, the shirts with the with the pearl buttons and the Wranglers and the boots. And he has a Raleigh Fingers mustache. And he takes the wax and curls just like Raleigh Fingers. He has shaved off the mustache. Too. Yeah, I heard uh, you and Sawyer's talking about that. The mustache is yeah. gone. And I talked to him about it. He said, I think Man, Sawyer's didn't Sawyer say he liked the mustache. He said he, he told him. Uh, that he was going to punish him if he shaved that mustache <laughs> off. He was said he was just kidding. But uh, I talked to Dow, and he said, man, it got so heavy by the end of the day to put this wax in it, and it was just, it was it was like a rock and he did to maintain yeah. it. And he said, right, it, it's out. Well, the mustache is a little bit of work. So you're a mustache guy, so I knew it would affect you in some way to hear that the... The, the marvelous I, mustache is gone. The only reason I got a mustache is because of uh, my granddaughter. Yeah. And that. Um, I didn't have nothing to do in the COVID time, so I just let it grow, and that's where I got the mustache. But, but I asked Annette, because I was wanting to shave it off, and I said, Annette, do you like Papa's mustache or not? She goes, well, I like it, but I don't like it better if you don't cut it off. I don't. We had to decipher that. I I I like it, but I don't like it better if you don't shave it off. So I thought, well, I'm gonna say she wants me to keep it. Interesting. So, so they they are looking for stories. Reporters right now in Major League Baseball, you know, you, you get the storylines as spring training opens and everything. And the story the other day, um, don't know, you know, early in spring training, Otani will not play because he's come back from Tommy John surgery. But there is actually a story this morning on ESPN.com. Otani homers in his first live batting practice with the Dodgers. We're writing stories now about a home run and batting practice. Yeah. Well, that's when you're the most popular player in the game. He is, but yeah. is that alert the media news that he hit a home run in batting it practice? It is when you don't have nothing going. <laughs> you don't, don't have any news. <laughs> poor news day. I have to ask Marty about that. If he didn't have nothing to report, would he go out to cap on? And talk about a home run in batting practice. Somebody hit, yeah. Now, if somebody hit one over the road in right field at Capaha during batting practice, okay, we may I've seen that done. We may talk about that, okay. So, also, and I'll bring it up with Marty because he's a basketball guy. The NBA All Star Game 
was a oh, disgrace. Yeah, it was. Was a Even disgrace. The commissioner, the commissioner thought it was. You could tell what, when he handed him the trophy. 211 to 184. Layup, dunk, three-point drill. I agree with the statement. Can't you play any defense? Some of the guys on on ESPN that were talking about it, I, on Greeny's show, I agree with them. It's a farce. It's a disgrace. There's too many... Too much friendship between guys now in sports, especially in basketball, and they blame LeBron for starting no that. No defense at all. You can't they play even little. touch anybody. Listen, they play harder defense in, in freaking summer league games. Yeah, it was awful. Let me ask you this. They honored two legends of the game during All-Star Weekend, okay? And they were there. Oscar Robertson, Larry Bird. Watching that game oh. in the arena... What do you think Oscar Robertson and Larry Bird were thinking? That basketball and NBA is going south. I think that's probably what they thought. The competitiveness of the NBA is not there. Now, we know. And, uh, and, the regular and, season is different. We know that. And their yeah. explanation is, well, injury. There is a chance of injury. Yeah. There's a chance of injury just running up the floor. The most true performance in an all-star game of any sport it's baseball. No, uh, hockey. They play hard. Nah. Hockey, they ain't no good either. They play they hard. They went to three on three. They're, they won't hit nobody. But they're they're playing hard. Nah. Baseball. They're not sleepwalking. They're, you saying it's they're better not, baseball? No. But what I'm saying is they're not sleepwalking like they do well, in it's better basketball. It's better in basketball. And football is the worst. Football. It was so bad that they went to flag football. Football was the flag. worst. Flag Football used to be the worst. Yes. Now, it's basketball, still the worst. Flag no, no. football? Basketball is the worst. Football is the second worst. And I will Hockey's say. Hockey is the third worst. And baseball is the best. There's a legitimate injury risk with football. I understand sure. that. Sure. But you can't play any defense. Baseball is. Nothing? All-star game is really competitive. Yes. It really is. Because in a baseball all-star game, they're throwing 96. Yeah. Guys are trying to get you out. And they do not. Guys are trying to get hits. They do not want to be shown up by the other team. They want to Period. beat you. Yes. And they want they want to go out there and barrel something up if you're at the plate. Well, baseball now, has. Now, you may not challenge the outfield wall as an outfielder in an all-star game because of injury. I understand that. But they are trying, at least. And baseball has its fun. Also, they have the home run hitting contest and a lot of camaraderie there with the players and everything. It's it's fun. Absolutely. But when the game starts, the all-star game in baseball is far and away And I will best. not pile on. It is in vogue to say, hey, got to get rid of the slam dunk. I'm bored by the slam dunk. The fans like it. So the just, kids are not. So shut up, the old get-off-my-lawn riders. slam dunks for the young people, the high yes. school and college players, maybe. And the three-point shootout well, that's for with me. Iesco and I, the old people like Steph that one. Curry. Remember Larry Bird? NBA versus WNBA. That was great theater. Larry Bird used to be deadly on that three, man. He was... Uh, I tough. think everybody likes a three-point contest. Everybody. Yeah. yeah. And, but 211 to 184, it's an outrage. 200 is the disgrace. It's an outrage. All right, Jess, hello to the very radiant and ravishing Dawn Sean. Man, you should have seen the outfit she had on yesterday, Jess. She was outstanding. Uh, so I say hi to her. She's outstanding got, and standing out. She's got the day off. Did and you say so that's right? We're going to spend the day together. What's outstanding that? and standing out. There we go. Got a. Uh, I want to say hi to my girls in Texas and Columbia. That's for sure. I got a text from Kim, and she said the girls like the mustache too. So I'm up against it. Yeah. To shave it off. Or just shave, um, shave half of my it. My boys are running around here. My the son Jess and. His wife, Julie, came over, watched the movie Saturday, and watched the blues. And um, Well, killed the blues last night, giving up the shorthanded goal. That, that, that was, I didn't even watch the blues last that night. Know nothing about it. Okay. They lost, huh? They lost, yes. 40, so they won 42 nine to, They've lost three of four. Yeah, yeah. so they, went, they really were playing well. How about this one? The best years of your life. Are the ones in which you decide your problems are your own. You do not blame them on your mother, ecology, or the president. 
you realize that you are in control of your own destiny. That sounds like it's written by, by Jess Bowen. No, it was written yeah. by Albert Ellis. Okay. I couldn't write something that good. I thought that was a JB original. Well, I could lie and say it was, but yeah. I don't lie. All right, again, no SIBO baseball today. They pushed it back to 3 o'clock tomorrow. It's supposed to be 67 degrees. Should be fun. Uh, I would think we may have a pretty decent crowd just 3 o'clock uh, in the afternoon, so maybe some of the students could come out. Uh, they want to get a little sun. Might take off work early. Yeah. All right. Jess, we'll uh, see you tomorrow. Okay. All right. That's the Hall of Famer. Stay tuned. Greeny coming up next on ESPN Radio. Enjoy your Tuesday, everybody.